Our reading this morning is from Luke chapter 19, starting at verse 28. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethpage and Bethany, at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, Rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. This is the word of the Lord. At this point in our service, we're now going over to the TV studio for another episode of Messiah Watch. Good morning and welcome to this week's edition of Messiah Watch, the show that keeps up to date with popular rabbis, zealots, and would-be prophets, and asks, could one of these be the promised Messiah? I'm Nick Dross. And I'm Sue Sheff. Today, we focus on a rabbi from Galilee by the name of Jesus of Nazareth. This itinerant preacher has been the subject of wild stories of healings and other miracles. Those who've heard him say he's a compelling speaker. To analyse his ministry to date, we have in the studio our resident Messiah expert, Rabbi Amos the Pedant. So, Rabbi Amos, Jesus of Nazareth, Messiah or false prophet? Well, so, as a member of the religious community here in Jerusalem, as a guardian of the faith, I have to say that we are very concerned Concerned? Well, yes. I've seen this Jesus of Nazareth speak. I've seen him in action. And at a superficial level, you have to say he is a crowd pleaser. But if you look a little bit deeper, and you see that his grasp of the law, in particular the law about the Sabbath, is very tenuous. And for instance, how could anyone say that to heal on the Sabbath is acceptable? That's quite beyond me. Uh, And he's made claims about himself which are, in my opinion, quite beyond the pale. Such as? Well, he claimed, didn't he, that he could forgive people their sins. Forgive their sins? For a man to say that is blasphemous. Only Yahweh can forgive us our sins. So, Jesus of Nazareth, Messiah or no? It's a no from me, Sue. Interesting analysis there from Rabbi Amos the Pedant. 
One of the reasons, of course, we're covering Jesus of Nazareth today is that he is, as we speak, on his way here into the city of Jerusalem. There are crowds gathering on the road from the Mount of Olives. We have our reporter at the city gate to capture the mood as the would-be Messiah makes his entry. Jason, over to you. Nick, thank you. And crowds there are here this morning. In the background, you can hear the singing as Jesus' party approaches. It's interesting, isn't it? The expectations of the crowd are sky high. To them, this is the Messiah, come to liberate them from Roman oppression. But do they really know who this man is? For all the trappings of the conquering hero, he's riding, apparently, on a lowly donkey's colt. And I have it on good authority that he's only borrowed that from a local villager. I think I can see him coming now. Well, Nick and Sue, I don't know whether you caught that, but um, I hope that gave an inkling of the excitement um, out here at the city gates this morning. A couple of quick observations before I hand back to the studio. Firstly, the Pharisees and religious authorities are gunning for Jesus. One of them tried to stop his followers singing as Jesus approached. Jesus' reply was just that, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out how right he was. Nothing was going to stop the celebration of this crowd. Secondly, anyone with a close eye on Jesus will have noted him not acknowledging the cheering crowds, but instead carrying a deep sadness, tears even on his face as he looked towards the city. Something tells me that this is not going to end well for the city, with more turmoil ahead in the coming week. Back to you in the studio, Nick. Thank you very much, Jason. And we'll be keeping an eye on how that story unfolds over the next seven days. And that brings us to the end of this week's show. Yes, next week we'll take a look at the notorious rebel known as Barabbas. With a proven track record as an opponent of the Romans, we'll be asking here on Messiah Watch, is this the Messiah or just another false hope? Until next week... Goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. Not quite sure I can follow that. That was pretty cool, wasn't it? Well, just over 20 years ago, I was fortunate enough to be able to visit New York City with a friend. Anyone been to New York? Yeah, a few people? Yeah, if you've been able to go, I don't know about you, you, but my experience was that it's an incredible city. Very big and very busy. 
And uh, on one of our days, where we were doing the usual touristy type things, we rounded a corner and suddenly found ourselves part of a huge crowd of people. There was cheering and shouting and a whole lot of noise. And we had absolutely no idea what was going on until we managed to sort of wiggle our way through and find a vantage point and finally realised we'd stumbled across a concert by Alanis Morissette, who, for those of you who might not know, was a hugely successful singer-songwriter in the late 90s and early 2000s, pretty much when I was sort of a teenager. That was the kind of music I was listening to. It was great! We stayed to watch for ages, and she belted out all those well-known tunes that I'd only listened to on the radio previously. And as we left, my friend and I commented on how fortunate we had been to be in the right place at the right time to see the event. And I often wonder what some of them in the crowd that day in Jerusalem thought when Jesus rode into the city. I can imagine there was a whole lot of noise, well, we've seen this morning, haven't we? There was a whole lot of noise coming from the people who'd been following Jesus and his teachings over the last three years. And there would have been some, like me in New York, that wouldn't have had a clue what was going on. Of course, we saw Jesus with his disciples following him. And they'd have been on that journey that Jesus had made into Jerusalem. There would also have been the pilgrims who'd come to Jerusalem for the annual Passover celebration. And of course, there were all the people who actually just lived in Jerusalem. It was their daily place. Now, when Jesus arrived, we saw there was a change of atmosphere. And what I want to just look at briefly today is, what were those people actually expecting as Jesus entered the city? Now, we bought our procession into the 21st century with Messiah Watch, but it hopefully gave you an idea of what might have been going on. So we saw that the cloaks were laid out in front of the donkey. It says in verse 6 of our passage that we had read, as he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. Seems a bit of an odd thing to do. Why did they do that? Well, It could link back to the time in 2 Kings 9.13 when Jehu was announced that he'd been anointed king over Israel. Then people had quickly put their cloaks on the floor in front of him to cover the bare steps. The palm branches that we saw being waved are also mentioned in the three other gospel accounts of this event. In fact, it's actually only in the Gospel of John that they're actually named as palm branches But whatever kind of branches they were, we saw them being waved in celebration. And uh, it's believed this to link back to about 200 years before Jesus, when the Jewish nationals had liberated the temple in Jerusalem from the occupying forces and had used palm branches as a sign of military conquest. So it's fairly obvious, these two gestures that many in the crowd were expecting Jesus to be a warrior king, a king who was coming to set them free from the harsh and brutal rule of the Romans. But was that what they got? Far from it. As I was preparing this talk for this morning, I came across a short publication that the Archbishop of Canterbury, Justin Welby, had written for Palm Sunday in 2020. Do you remember that? 
that Palm Sunday? Yeah, we'd just gone into lockdown. The week before, I'd been planning this Palm Sunday talk and service, and then literally I'd had to rethink it all through, and I was suddenly recording it in my lounge. And a lot of what he said in that publication linked to that time specifically. But a couple of points that jumped out at me were how he described the Jesus the crowd actually got rather than the one they'd been expecting. He said this, what they got was a different kind of king, infinitely more powerful, yet vastly more humble. Palm Sunday confronts us with a God being disruptively different. And I really liked that phrase, disruptively different. Do we allow Jesus to be disruptively different today? Jesus came to make changes, not through war or politics. Let's not forget that it was not a majestic horse that Jesus was riding, but a donkey and a borrowed one at that. Kings didn't come on donkeys. They came on horseback with their armies following behind them. Jesus came as a very different kind of king. He came to challenge the people's thinking through his altogether different kind of teaching. He wanted to free the people from their sin and bring the people back into a relationship with their father God. He wanted not only to bring freedom for all the people in Jerusalem on that day, but freedom for all in every age to come. So what kind of Jesus are you and me expecting? Are we trying to make Jesus into something he isn't? Do we expect Jesus to fit into our world? And if we're doing that, we've got it the wrong way around. We need to go back to the Bible. We need to look at who Jesus is, what he taught, and why he came. And as we come to the end of Lent and begin the Holy Week journey to the cross, let's celebrate Jesus today as the kind of king that he came to be, that humble, selfless, disruptively different servant king who came to reunite us with our God in heaven. Amen. We're going to close with the same prayer that we opened with, and maybe it'll say something different to you now from at the start. As the people spread their cloaks and palm branches on the ground to welcome Jesus into Jerusalem, so we welcome him into our lives this morning. King of glory, King of peace, servant King, reign in our hearts and lives this day and all days, that we might praise your holy name. Amen. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest.